night. And we love you. Thank you for all that you have made Christmas. To celebrate the birth of our Lord. Are you glad tonight you're a Christian? Say amen. We have so much to be thankful for. And if the Lord Jesus hadn't come and become one of us and one with us, then we'd never be a son of God. But I thank him and I praise him tonight for what he's done. So I want you just to worship the Lord tonight. Let all the music, all the testimonies, have a mixture of different things for you tonight, family sharing, different things like that. It's going to be a blessed time as we just celebrate the birth of our Lord. So tonight, just worship the Lord and just let your heart and mind be blessed by the wonderful truths of the Lord. Let's pray, and then Rick's going to lead us in a congregational song. And then right after the congregational song, we'll receive our offering and then move right into our program tonight. Father, we thank you tonight for loving us. We thank you for the real meaning of Christmas. We're so thankful, Lord, that you came to this earth and robed yourself in human flesh, that you might identify yourself with us, that you might become one of us to die for us. And for that, we give you thanks. Now, Father, tonight, take this service and may it be a service in which our hearts are warmed and our hearts are made to worship and to adore the Lord Jesus Christ. So take every song, every word, every testimony, every little thing tonight and make this Christmas season special and help us to love you even more. Thank you for your goodness now in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's sing and worship. You may be seated. Let's let our ushers come forward to receive our offering tonight. You be faithful in your giving. The Lord bless you for doing so. Let's pray. Father, thank you that we can give to you. And we give to you because you have given so much to us and for us. Bless the offering now and the giving. In Jesus' name, amen.
Thank you. Thank you, Charlie. We're glad. What, he was supposed to be doing something there. We had a group that was not here to, to make the transition. We're going to ask the choir to come on now and take their place getting ready to start. And there's not a big mystery about tonight. A lot of you are here and you're thinking, oh, this is one of those long Christmas programs. So we're going to do something a little bit different right now. Um, first off, I want all of you to take a big, deep breath through your nose. And let it out through your mouth. One more time. You think I'm silly. I know what I'm doing. Let it out again. Last time. In through your nose, out through your mouth. Now, what you just did, you just calmed down. We do this all the time when I send kids into competitions. I say, breathe twice like that. Take the third one. Grab the doorknob before you walk in the room to play for the judges. And what that does, it puts things into your system that calms you. How many of you are uptight? about Christmas, running. If you go to Walmart out on 153, folks, you better, there's no patience there. There's no peace there. I mean, you can run across those cars and you would never touch the ground for three or 400 yards. There's cars everywhere. People are unkind. People run over to the gas station. You might be one of those people doing that. I don't know, but I tell you what. I started thinking about Christmas. Christmas is a special time to me. And I'll share a little bit of that later on. But I'm gonna tell you right now, from this point to the end of the service, it's about one hour, one hour, 10 minutes. Now you can relax. Won't be here long. Nothing fancy. I told the choir that Christmas is too hectic for us to be working on a program that when we finally get through it, they're saying, I'm glad that's over. And they hate Christmas. I don't want to hate Christmas. I love Christmas. It's a special time. It is for everybody. And if we can slow down long enough, which is the hardest thing to do, to think about what this is all about and focus on three aspects. I'm thinking about Christmas. Number one, it's about children. We were having little children doing handbells, but they weren't here tonight. And we had Charlie play his French horn. And then we're going to sing some songs that you may have heard. Some of the things some of our men have sung. Yeah, they've never heard them before. We're not doing highbrow church, that type of stuff. But we're doing songs about good Christian men rejoice. Because we have a reason to be rejoicing. The piece of music that Charlie paid, played while ago is from Beethoven's Ninth Symphony, which is called The Ode to Joy. We have a reason to be joyful. You know that Beethoven wrote that piece and never heard the Ninth Symphony? Never. He was deaf. And he wrote something that beautiful. Now think about that. Come from within him. Can you imagine Jesus Christ lives within us and the joy that we should have? And think about that tonight. As we're here tonight, I just want you to sit back and I want you to think about the Christmas of past. Because we're going to be thinking about some of the... I was amazed. The Lord's laid this all out. They've had one... We haven't even had a full run through with this. So they're going to... If we make mistakes, it doesn't matter. The choir will sing fine. The solos will sing fine. If anybody makes a mistake, it'll be me. But I, here's what I want you to think about. Think about what Christmas means to you. We're going to center on him at the very end, but right now we're going to talk about children, families, and the Lord Jesus Christ. So sit back and just enjoy listening to the choir sing and to our specials, and let them minister to you because they want to minister to you tonight. And just enjoy. If you appreciate what they're doing, give them a good hearty amen. Let them know you appreciate it. But I tell you what, enjoy tonight. You leave here tonight, I want you to go. Oh, that felt so good to be at church tonight. and so refreshed to leave now that I'm going, you know, tomorrow when you do your last-minute shopping, okay? So anyway, we're going to sing for you. Now, this is called Good Christian Men Rejoice, and it's only the men singing. And this is something we haven't done, but we may do a little bit more of later on this year because, wow, do we have a great men section in the choir. So, Good Christian
beside the manger, looking at this little stranger, wondering if he'll be like other boys. Looking down across tomorrow, knowing there will be some sorrow, I still know he'll bring ten thousand joys. Ten thousand joys. Sweet Son of God, you came to me, and my heart sings because I
told me that memories are a gift from God that death cannot destroy. When I think of my favorite Christmas memory, I can't help but remember making Christmas cookies with my grandmother in the kitchen. We made more of a mess than we did anything else, mostly flour everywhere, the ceiling, the ceiling fans on the floor all over us. But it was so much fun. It's such a precious memory. My mother would come in and make a big scene about the mess. Oh, look at this mess. My grandma would say, shoo, shoo, get out, out, spot, out. But she thinks she was quoting Shakespeare. I'm not real sure. <laughs> but, but I thank God for a precious grandmother. Um, my grandmother went to be with the Lord in January of 1985, and I miss her so much, especially this time of year. But I'm so thankful for the memories. It was Christmas week, 1943. Some of you young folks look at me and say, boy, you're old, aren't you? I used to be young like you, but I got over it. It was Christmas week. Everybody got a present. Dad got a brand new felt hat from down at Adam's hat store downtown. Mom got a new dress. My brother got a black leather jacket, one of those bomber-type jackets that had a genuine sheepskin, not sheepskin, sheep wool lining in it. The latest state-of-the-art thing, you know. My sister got a doll that closed its eyes when you laid it down. I got a little toy crane and a little dump truck, and I played with that. But the cat and the rabbit, they didn't get any presents. We had a we, we we had a pet rabbit that lived in the kitchen when we wasn't playing with it. And that cat liked to hunt that rabbit. That cat's name was Felix. And he'd lay down by the wall right at the kitchen door. And when that rabbit was out and he'd come up, up through there, that cat would jump out and jump on that rabbit's back and start kicking fur. And they'd run through the house with that cat on that rabbit's back. And he'd run right straight into the kitchen and run under the kitchen stove. Mama had a wood stove. And he'd knock the rabbit off. <laughs> well, it was a time of trust and a time of neighbor taking care of neighbor. Nobody locked their doors. Nobody worried about anything like that like we have to now. It was a precious time. But I remember asking Mom if I could go down to the church with my best friend, Herman. Some of you might remember Herman. She said, yeah, it'd be all right if I'd come straight home after church. So I did. Now, Mom and Dad and my brother and sister went to Hughes Avenue Church. But I went over to the Nazarene church that night. We got there, and there's a lot of people there. I guess more than there was in my third grade class at school. And they had a big cedar tree down on the right-hand side, down front. I remember it. 
we sang some songs. The preachers told us a story about baby Jesus. And then they turned the lights out and they lit that Christmas tree. That was one of the prettiest things I've ever seen in my life. Big old yellow, blue, red, and green bulbs. It had a white star up at the top of it. Well, two men went over to the Christmas tree and they got some boxes. And they came down the aisles of the church and they stand, started handing out little brown paper bags to all the children in the church. And lo and behold, they gave one to me. And when I took it, it was kind of heavy, and I, I, I wanted to be real nice, so I didn't open it right away, you know. But I couldn't wait to open that brown bag and see what was in it. So I put my head down, and I, I opened that bag, and sure enough, there was an apple and an orange, a piece of peppermint candy, some hard candy, and two chocolate drops. I love chocolate drops. You know what I'm talking about, don't you? Well, after church, me and Herman went outside, and we sat down on the curb. We had to walk home. We sat down on the curb, and we decided we wouldn't eat all that that night. We'd save some of it for tomorrow. So we took one chocolate drop and put it in our mouth and decided we would not bite that till we got home. You know how you kind of stick it up in the roof of your mouth? Huh? Huh? Needless to say, we didn't talk much on the way home. <laughs> we couldn't. We couldn't talk. Well, the next morning, there's a big commotion down at the house. And I got up half asleep and went into the front room. We didn't have a living room. We had a front room. And I was still, still holding on to that little paper bag. And somebody had left that rabbit out, and it had eaten the brim off of Daddy's hat. It had eat the Sunday newspaper, tore it up and scattered around in there. It looked like it had snowed in that room. And it ate the lining out of Brutus' brand new leather jacket with a sheepskin or sheep, sheep's wool lining in it. Well, I still had my little bag of candy. We didn't see the rabbit after that. I, I, I guess he left. I don't know. But I still remember the taste of oranges, the taste of the chocolate drops, and I still remember the story of baby Jesus. One of the things that I cherish so much about our family is there was always, the boys came in the kitchen and serenaded me with their guitars when I was cooking most of the time. They still do if they're there and I'm cooking, but we always gather around and sing. And we just, they play their banjos and their guitars and their whatever they got, you know. And we sing and have a great time together. And we want to share a little bit of that with you tonight. My favorite Christmas song from North Carolina is Beautiful Star Bethlehem, and that's what we're going to sing for you. Oh, beautiful 
down to earth below and to Mary whispered low. Call his name Jesus. Fear not the words I said, for God has favored you today. You shall bring forth a son and call his name Jesus. of an event. It could be good or it could be bad. What I have to share with you this evening is good. It's about my childhood and my days at Christmas. Of course, everybody is always anxious at Christmas about what they're going to get. And Mama, I do have a confession to make tonight. She doesn't, has never known this, and I'm going to tell her tonight. But we always went to my grandparents' house. They were my grandparents' were on my dad's side, Grandpa and Grandma Miller. 
There were two sons in the family, and there were five grandchildren. And let me tell you, every Christmas Eve, we made the trek up to grandmother's house. And there we spent the night. And all five of us put on a play every single year. Remember, Mom? And if you don't think that five kids can put on a play and be Mary, Joseph, all the shepherds, and the three wise men, you should have seen us try it. It was a wonderful time. That was at night. Then after our play, we all had to go upstairs and tried to go to sleep. It was very difficult. We lived in the mountains of North Carolina, and there always we anticipated snow on Christmas. It was always Christmas with when it was snowing on the ground, and we would go up and try to listen to see if it was snowing. But did we go to sleep very soon? Oh, no, not us. All five of us kids now, remember, are upstairs in my grandmother and grandfather's house, and all the adults are downstairs, or so we kind of think. But we would go on forever, and at midnight, some would say, kids, it's time to go to sleep. Did we? No, not us. At one o'clock in the morning, some would say, all right, kids, that's it. No more. Go to sleep. So at that point, we would. And on Christmas morning, who was up by daybreak? Sure, all five of us kids, Linda, Louise, Phil, Dean, and Pat. And downstairs, we would bound, but you don't understand what would happen then. We would have breakfast. Instead of going straight to the tree and opening the gifts, we went to breakfast. Now, you got to understand, my grandmother was born during the Depression years, and I'm telling you, the day she died, I think she had the first newspaper ever published in our county, still in her house. And on her kitchen table, it was piled high, and she always kept a tablecloth over all of that stuff she had hid under there. Well, it would take literally 30 minutes to clean off the table before we could begin to sit down and eat. By that time, five of us kids were getting just a little bit anxious, but then we had a 24-course meal that ended with a stacked dried apple cake. Now, did we get to open presents at that point? Not on your life. We had to make sure that all the dishes were clean, dried, put away, and all of that stuff that was on the table underneath the tablecloth put back in place. Remember, Mama? Yeah. Then once we got to open our Christmas presents there and said goodbye, it was home we went. And on that time, at that time when we would get home, we would always sit and read the Christmas story. And my dad would always pray. Mom, one year, <laughs> I was 13 years old. I never will forget. And this is my confession. We had gone to see my grandmother in Chesapeake, Virginia. And I found every single one of my Christmas presents that year. <laughs> I never will forget how disappointed I was. <laughs> On Christmas morning when I opened up and there was that, I never will forget it, that blue wool skirt and that blue and white mohair sweater. 
I remember, Mom, I'm sorry. I was disappointed. <laughs> but we started a tradition in our family 33 years ago. Tommy and I just celebrated our 33rd anniversary. The boys still laugh about it. Now, if you've been to my house around Christmas time, you know that I have a forest in my house. I have trees everywhere. But we have one tree that's very, very special to me and to Tommy, and it's our live tree in our den, and that's where we put all the presents. But on the top of that tree is a star that's 32 years old. It's an angel in that star, and it's beat and battered, and it's been through the mill, but it represents something to our home. It represents the light that God sent to us that morning on Christmas Day. There's also three little precious ornaments that are on that tree that belong to my grandmother Teague, which was my mother's mother. Those are the last ornaments that go on that tree and the first ones to come down. But better still on Christmas morning, no, I don't make everybody sit around and have a 24 course meal. We go straight to the tree when we wake up and we sit down and my precious husband reads the Bible story of Christ being born in a manger. And then we take turns going around the room and saying something that we're thankful for. And then we pray and ask God to bless our home yet another year. Such a precious memory that we have of Christmas. But Christmas is so much more. I was with Ashley the other day and she was at the house and she had helped me put the last few decorations on the real tree and she looked up at me and she said, Pat, you know, Christmas ain't all these trees. And I said, Ashley, don't you like my trees? And she said, that's not what I said, Pat. I said, well, what do you mean Christmas isn't all these trees? She said, Christmas, Pat, is love and family and being together. You know, so long ago in the manger in Bethlehem, God brought us his most precious and wonderful gift, a gift that has lasted through the ages and will last through eternity if we only accept him as our Lord and Savior. From the Eller house to your house, we wish you the merriest Christmas ever and a very prosperous new year. And as we embark on our new building, we're just praying. We're so excited that we belong to this church. You're our family, and we love you. Merry Christmas. How ironic. Patty and I didn't know what each other were going to talk about, and it's basically the same. I grew up in a divorced home, so Christmas was real hectic. You ran from this house to that house, to, from grandparents to grandparents. But I was very fortunate to have one set of grandparents that loved the Lord with all their hearts. There never was a question when you were in my grandparents' home if the Bible was going to be taught or if God was going to be talked about. And Granddad was always real adamant that we kids knew that Christmas was not presents. Christmas was Christ's birth. 
And he always asked me, I was the oldest grandchild, so I was spoiled. Ask my husband, <laughs> ask my sisters. Uh, it's, th there was just a special bond between me and my granddaddy and my, my mama. And I was a bratty kid <laughs> because of it. And but granddad always come and he'd say, what's Christmas? And we'd always have to say, it's Jesus' birthday. And before presents ever, we too would sit around the tree and granddaddy would read the Christmas story. And he'd always tell us, you know, the, the little manger. My grandmother collected angels. So there were always angels and there was a little manger singing. He always would take the baby and he'd tell us, this is Christmas. This is Christ's birth. And then our family, not real talented, but we always sang. My aunts would play and we always sang. So if I can, this one song tells the whole story in the three little verses. And it's a blessing to me, whether it is to you. I may crucify, but it's, it's Christmas to us.
and come as he deserves. There would have been no Bethlehem, no lonely shepherds at his birth. But Joseph knew the reason my love to me so far. And as he held the Savior in his arms, he must have thought, why me? I'm just a simple man of trade. Why him with other rulers in the world? Why here inside this stable filled with hay? Why her? She's just an ordinary girl. Now I'm no one to second guess what angels had to say. But this is such a strange way to say the word. Such a strange way. Oh, a strange way. But this is such a strange way. Such a strange way. This is such a strange way. Such a strange way to say the last three weeks I've try to toy with what God would have us to do tonight and Rich tell me I'm not on well it's on give me one of the mics I'll have to put it down in just a few minutes That's it. I'm on now okay I'm on thank you and I'd be driving back and forth from wherever I was and I'd ask the Lord just to help us and I just thought about Christmas and what I wanted to give us give us something to give you and I started thinking about what is the to me what is the greatest thing that he's given to me for Christmas and I thought and I thought and my mind just swelled up with things and I just thought Lord I want to thank you for the memory not just of Christmas but about you and what you mean to me you know and having that memory you ever, have you ever gone anywhere and smelled something and just all of a sudden you would go back and it would just be your whole mind and body would just swell up with the thoughts of an activity of years past? And I started thinking about what does Christmas mean? What about the Christmases I've experienced? What were, what were they keyed around? And, and it, it's funny. Orange slices. 
Now that reminds me of my pawpaw, pawpaw one. Now we'd get a bag of those things and he'd sit in that old rocking chair and we'd devour those things and we'd hide them so nobody else could get them but me and him. And not only that, it would come time to decorate the tree. And if you look behind me, you'll see bubble lights on it. Orange slices and bubble lights. You say, what does that mean? That reminds me of my grandparents. And that means a lot to me. My Papa Warren was a choir director. For as long as I know, he directed choirs. And, and before that, he was, before I ever came to the world, he was singing all around the world and taking the family everywhere and doing everything. And I remember his service to the Lord. And I remember seeing him sit back over behind the piano in his chair in the service, and I remember that. Now I remember Grandma Warren, she's always doing something. She didn't have vacation Bible school going over here. She had the angels over here trying to put their wings on them, get them ready for a Christmas play. I think that's where Myrna gets all her activities from. But she gets it honestly because grandmother was busy serving in that church to some activity. And I saw this. I was very aware of what was going on. At the time, I may have not known it, but as time went on, I looked back. Then I go to my dad's side of the family and grandmom chambers. My fondest memories of her, not at just the Christmas, I remember all these Christmases, but I remember her being back over behind a bed. In the middle of the day, she'd disappear for hours, it seemed like to me. And I'd go looking for her, always, back over behind the bed. You ever heard your name called in prayer by grandma? Get your attention. I heard her call every one of her kids' names out. I heard her call everybody in the world out. She thanked him for everything. And then there's my granddad Chambers. Now, granddad wasn't a Christian. He didn't get saved, saved till late in life. But he taught me, he introduced me the very first time that I can remember. He was one of these things that, he's one of the smartest men that I know. His mind was just very bright. Reader's Digest, condensed books, he had every one of them. And he wanted me to read them all. He had those records, he'd put them on. And the first time I ever got introduced to the masters of music was I heard the New World Symphony by Dvorak. And there's a part in there, the part that's called, is called going home. And every time I hear it, I think about going home. Not home to Saudi Daisy, but going home to our final home. He didn't know what impact he had on my life. He taught me the value of things. He taught me the value of working hard. And yesterday we buried him. 94 years old. Guess what? He's in heaven today. I went and was able to see him be baptized. That's a big deal for me. I said, now, Lord, what does all this mean? I mean, they no one understands all this. If they understand, I tell them all these stories about my grandparents. That don't mean a whole lot to them. Then he just started tying it all together. And it didn't happen to this morning. What did I see in my pawpaw? I saw a faithful servant to God. What did I see in my grandma morning? A faithful servant to the church. Grandma Chambers, I saw a faithful servant to her family. You say, what do you see in your granddad Chambers? I see a faithful Savior that doesn't give up on people. He says it's not that any would be lost. He wants all that could be saved and come into repentance. So I saw the patience of God waiting on my grandfather and a grandma praying for him and God waiting on him. 94 years old, that's like Methuselah to me and I thought God's patience in Methuselah is the same thing with my grandfather. He waited for him and I remember I went down there right after surgery and it didn't look good and we drove down and uh, 
he was alert. We talked. Before we left that night, and this is amazing to me, he says, let's pray. And he had the whole family get around that bed, and we'd hold hands, and we'd start praying. Now, what does that say to you, and what does that say to me? Well, I'm going to introduce you to somebody, and I'm going to tell you what that means to me. If I can have this little one right here, I believe she's asleep. Now, this is our little princess named Taylor. Now, this Christmas is a little bit different. Now, I'm a granddaddy. And what does that mean? That means I have another responsibility. When this little one comes and hangs around the house, and she's following me around at church, she's going to be looking to see what does she see in my life. Will she see Jesus? You know, and I'm asking Tim to sing this song tonight. It's not really a Christmas song, but I'm going to ask him to come on. And I'm just wondering, will God, when people, and after we're gone, people sift through all our belongings, or they found us to be faithful to him. In the next two songs, I want you to listen to the words of the song. And I want you to be mindful of the fact is that we are leaving an impact on somebody's life as we walk through this world. And people are watching. And will our Savior be pleased with us? Tim? Find 
Till all our hopes and dreams have come and gone And our children sift through all we've left behind May the clues that they discover And the memories they uncover Become the light that leads them To the road we must find Find us faithful. May the fire of our devotion light their way. And may the footprints that we leave lead them to believe. And the lives we live inspire them to obey. Down on their knees, bringing me 
treasures to lay at his feet. Who was this wonder baby yet king? Living and dying, he gave life to me. Time never changes the memory, the moment his love first pierced through me. Changing all that I came from, he's all that I live for. He's hope for what's going to be. My precious Savior is more than an heirloom to me. Would you stand with us? Christmas means so much to different people, and its meaning is different for each person. My heart has been blessed as I have listened to uh, the memories shared by our folks tonight and relived so many memories of my own. We have so many memories. And they're all precious to each one of us. But you know, I couldn't help but notice that one of the things that made everybody's memories special was the Lord involved in their memories, bringing the Lord into their memories, the reading of the Christmas story and doing things together and the testimony and all those things. You see, the Lord is what Christmas is all about. And it's not only what he's all about, Christmas, what, that he is all about Christmas, but it's what he brings into Christmas and what he makes Christmas to us. And I rejoice in it. What would Christmas be? I can't imagine tonight. Uh, my family, they have never known anything. My three boys have never known anything but their dad being a preacher and their mama being a preacher's wife. There's never been a day in their life that, that I wasn't preaching, that I wasn't a pastor. That's all they've ever known. And they've grew up in that. And But I, I can't imagine what Christmas would be like if it wasn't for the Lord. It, to me, there would be no Christmas. Uh, this is our life. He is everything. And I appreciate His goodness. I really I thought about how can I do this and what should I do and whatever. But I, all these memories have warmed our heart and we all have memories. In fact, I think what we ought to do tonight when we sing, uh, first of all, if there's somebody here tonight that don't know the Lord, I want to tell you something. You really don't know what Christmas is all about until you know the Lord. 
It's not in a party and it's not in things like that. Now, I've been around long enough to know you can have a thrill out of certain things, but the joy in knowing the Lord and knowing the Lord brings a joy in the Christmas that you don't know anything about. And this will be a good night for you to come. Let us take the Bible and show you how to be saved so you can celebrate your first Christmas with the Lord. I still remember my first Christmas being saved. I'll never forget that. My whole attitude toward Christmas changed. But I want you to come. But I tell you what I want us to do tonight. As so many of us, so many memories, gifts from God that we cherish tonight, I tell you what I want us to do and what we should do. And maybe Rick uh, may change his song just a little bit and maybe do it in just a moment. But I think what we ought to do tonight is families just come and kneel together and thank God for our memories. Thank God for our Christian homes. Thank the Lord for our salvation, for my salvation, your salvation. Just come together and say, Lord, thank you for all that you have given to me. And thank you for all that you have made Christmas to mean to me and my family through the years. Because if it wasn't for you, our Christmas would not be the same. And we ought to thank him for it. Amen. When we sing or whatever they play, the choir was singing, maybe some of the choir want to join their families, let me encourage you to just come and find your place down here, kneel together as families, and give thanks to the Lord for all that He has made Christmas to mean to you. Father, we thank you tonight, and we love you. Thank you for all that you have made Christmas.